Welcome to Leatherbread, the podcast for fantasy football. Now, introducing your host, Hunter Slapdog Amaruso, and Matthew Scotty Hopemeyer. Hello and welcome to another episode of Leather Brains. As always, I am your trusted guide throughout the podcast, your host, Slapdog, and I have my captain of the vessel to get you through, Scotty Del Rey. Scotty, what is up? I've had better days. I've had better you, days. my friend, have been beaten. You've been beaten down. Oh. Yeah, uh, it's not a good day. It's not a good day. Um, well, here's the thing. Well, we'll we'll discuss it at length once we uh, get down to business. But it it was a stressful day, um, for sure. A lot of news that was uh, hard hitting for us Chiefs folks here in uh, Middle America, um, and our team is a change. It, it's a changing. So, but we'll see if it's for the yes. better. Uh, yeah, uh, we, we'll see. Um, if this is your first time join, joining us here at Leather Brains, welcome aboard. We appreciate you listening and tuning in. We are here to talk about NFL and, more importantly, fantasy football. So let's just get down to business. Let's get down. Let's get down to business. Scotty, I'll let you do it. I know you're a Chiefs fan. Um, just, just go ahead. Say it. Just say it. Just say it. Well, after all, all yeah, I've put hours and hours probably weeks of my life into Kansas City Chiefs football I've been a fan for as long as I can remember especially recently all my family's fans we had we had a gigantic Super Bowl party for both Super Bowls that they were in and despite all of that effort Tyreek Hill didn't even consider my feelings before he decided he wanted to pursue a different team and uh, as such, he has been That's traded rude to the him. Dolphins. No, I agree. It's it's really you know selfish of him. Um, but the good news is my boy's getting paid. The bad news is he's getting <laughs> paid, uh, not by us. Yes, that is a uh, was pretty shocking for me. I, I didn't I <laughs> I did not see that coming, um, and that was something that. Um, it ruined Chiefs fans' days. I'm not a Chiefs fan, um, so I, but I sympathize with you, Chiefs fans. And and there's a lot of fantasy football implication with this trade for both parties. So I think we need to discuss that a little bit because um, what does that mean for Patrick Mahomes? Is is Juju Smith going to fill that role? Yeah. Well, the thing is, is it's tough to say for sure because they're bringing in weapons for sure. So Juju's coming in. He's going to be, you know, he's a good receiver. He's going to get a lot of targets, um, and I think he'll make a big impact. Uh, he's got one of the best quarterbacks throwing him the ball. So, you know, there's no reason to think that Juju isn't going to be extremely fantasy relevant, extremely valuable. Uh, there is word now that uh, that MVS is also visiting with the Chiefs, and that's not a done deal. But if that were mm-hmm. to happen, both of those guys, I think, could sufficiently fill the role uh, enough, you know, the big concern here is how this affects Travis Kelsey, uh, because Travis Kelsey is going to be, you know, he has officially become the wide receiver one on this team. 
and you you have to you have to assume that all defenses are going to be keying off of him. You know, a lot of defenses with Tyreek Hill were not able to do that because you know once once you start loading people into the box or what you once you start moving your defense up within ten yards, you've got you know the cheetah sprinting past you before you even figure out what's happening. Um, so you have to imagine that this negatively impacts Travis Kelsey, um, and of course he's not getting any yep. younger. But if you're able to bring in sufficient weaponry, uh, so that way defenses are not able to key solely on Travis Kelsey, um, then, you know, there's a good chance. So the other side of this is how this affects the Chiefs organization, because what they were able to get for Tyreek is a whole shitload of picks. Uh, and it seems to me that yeah. the front office of the organization is is trying their best to not have, um, you know, they're, they're often called a dynasty, but, you know, they only have two Super Bowl appearances. So I don't think they've hit the hit the level of dynasty just yet. Um, but they're trying to prevent it from being a, oh, the Chiefs were really good for a couple of years and then they've slowly fallen apart. And so what I think they're trying to do is make big blockbuster trades for the purpose of planning for the future of the organization and making sure that they're not going to be, you know, one of these teams that pays huge for, you know, for players that can win now and then completely disregards, you know, future seasons. I think that's that's the mindset here. I look I I, I don't hate it because Tyree Kill is he's not getting any younger either. So it, it made sense. And I'm not saying he's washed because he's not. I think as far as, you know, regular football and, and not fantasy football, I think it definitely hurts the Chiefs because it, that speed, you know, I, you often hear the phrase speed kills. In this instance, it really does because his ability to open the field up has has really helped that entire offense because it, it gives people like Travis Kelsey a chance where it's it might be a one-on-one with Travis Kelsey and he's going to win that versus now the safeties aren't having to sit 15 mm. yards back and worry about Tyree Kill crossing them up so yeah I think that that definitely um that definitely hurts him and and I think Juju's good I don't think he's Travis Kelsey good or excuse me Tyree Hill good um and no. so I think he he definitely I think Juju will become your wide receiver one for sure. Um, and, and if you guys get like somebody like an MVS, I don't think MVS is wonderful, but I think he's certainly an upgrade from like McCole Hardman or Byron Pringle or someone like you well, have. So, I actually, I actually think that the the McCole Hardman is an interesting, interesting situation because, you know, he has been underwhelming, you know, he's, he's sort of just been a key, a key receiver for, for certain plays in this offense. But people people underestimate his speed. He's one of the fastest players in the NFL, and so I think they're going to utilize him in that way and, and allow him to fill that Tyreek role in terms of opening up the defense or trying to open up the defense because he's going to outrun most defensive backs in the league. He's just got to make uh, the catches. He's got to make the catches. He's got to be seen as a legitimate threat. And you know, part of it is you know he's been underwhelming because of his situation, not because of his skill. Because he's had some of the best receivers ahead of him. You know, when you when you're when you're trying to share targets with. Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey, you're going to look underwhelming. Um, but I think this allows him to be utilized in a in a more effective way, and like I said, sort of fill that Tyree Kill role where he's able to spread the defense out. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if they start utilizing him like that. All right, let's flip the coin here. What's this mean for Tyree Kill? Tyree Kill's got to take a fantasy hit, um, and in fact, even even just a, from a football perspective, from an NFL perspective. Um, you know, this was writing on the wall to some degree. I didn't think it was going to happen this season, but like you said, he's 28 years old. Um, he's getting up there for the age of a receiver. He's a receiver that relies, um, 
you know, he's not one of these receivers that is uh, that is very good because of his route running. That is very good because of his you know knowledge of the game. He's good because of his physical abilities, and those are the things that first deteriorate. Um, so he had to see this coming, where he's not going to spend his entire career being that guy, at least on this team. Um, and so. I lost my train of thought, but I I do think that he is going to see a negative impact just because he doesn't have Patrick Mahomes throwing him the ball. Um, But at this point, there is kind of a lot of hype around what Tua might be able to do with the restructured Dolphins offense, uh, you know, with with, uh, you know, a lot of weapons there. Um, And then they've got, as we'll mention here, some uh, some new offensive line uh, additions that might give him a little bit more time. So I think certainly he's going to be fantasy relevant, uh, but you have to imagine he's going to take a hit in terms of, you know, his likelihood to win a Super Bowl as well as his ability to put up points for fantasy teams. A good friend of ours um, who will will introduce him here in a little bit. He sent me a stat today. 66% of Tua's throws were less than nine yards in distance, and that includes behind the line of scrimmage. That's insane. That is insane. But I I think, you know, I I hear that stat, and it makes me kind of shiver a little bit and think, Jesus Christ, what is he getting himself into? But I I think there's a couple different scenarios in play here that that are attribute to that. First and foremost, their offensive line wasn't great, so Tua didn't have a lot of time. Um but more importantly, who did he have to throw to was, was another great question uh, that I really started thinking about. D- did he even have a deep threat receiver? Was it, Could you consider Devontae Parker that kind of person? Um, Jalen Waddell, he's more of a slot guy. He's fast. He's quick. He's going to make those those quick jumps and get him the ball. So that's where he was looking a lot of the time. And, and who's to say he can't make those long throws? So I, I think that's kind of crazy. Um, but... Maybe with the addition of Tyreek, he can air the ball out a little more. So, yeah, and not only that, but Ter- Taron Armstead signed with the with the Dolphins now, left tackle, and he is you know one mm-hmm. of the best left tackles in the game. Um, you know, our yeah. our buddy that we're going to talk about here soon noted that he uh, uh, what was it forty one percent pressure rate last year, which is the which oh he allowed uh, he allowed pressure on less than four percent of his pass blocking reps. Uh, in the last seven years, which is the best in the NFL. Um, so that's going to make a big difference. They want to give Tua a little bit more time, uh, especially because this that's offense is good. shaping. Yeah, it's 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 shaping up to be the fastest or one of the fastest offenses in the league. Well, let me throw this out to you. Mike McDaniels, new head coach with the Dolphins. Um, he had Debo. He, he was the offensive coordinator for, for the 49ers, and he he used Debo in so many different ways. Why? Because Debo was athletic, and he was fast, and he was able to make plays. He's got a whole team full of those people now. He's got Mike Gesicki, who, like I mentioned in a previous podcast, I'm not saying he's any George Kittle, but what happens if he starts to get the, the usage kind of like George Kittle? Because Mike Gesicki lined up in, in a receiver slot more than he did a tie, you know a traditional tight end role. They franchise tagged him. He's back with them. What's that going to look like? Now you have your deep threat with Hill, and then you have Jalen Waddle. I mean, there's so many different. They went and they signed, and, and we'll get into it. So I'm not, I'm not going to jump too far because we will talk about Miami in depth a little bit more here. But I wanted to throw that out there because he, they, the Dolphins, they're kind of scary right now. So pivoting back to the Chiefs, um, Ronald Jones visited with the Chiefs today. Uh, how, how do you feel about that, Delray? As a Chiefs um, fan, <clears throat> I I don't really know. Uh, Ronald Jones has been underwhelming for a really long time. Um, 
I think he was he was injured quite a bit last year, wasn't he? I want to say he uh, he that. was for a little bit, but I think this is a good thing for the Chiefs. I do. I, I I think Ronald Jones lost his job to play off Lenny Fournette, um, but Leonard Fournette was a stud, and and yeah. and I'm not saying Rojo's bad. I think Rojo would be great because I think it would give. Um, I think he would probably win the job over Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I'm not high on Clyde Edwards-Alaire, wow. and at the you very just have a least, bias. I might. But at the very least, um, work into a timeshare because Clyde got hurt this last year, and if if they can do some sort of timeshare, like a one-two punch, um, that might be good for both parties. So I'm not saying he's going to go there, but uh, that would be that would be pretty interesting. Not yeah. only that, but speaking of playoff Lenny, he's staying home with the Bucks. He is not going anywhere. I know there was talks that he would, had went and viewed or uh, went to the Patriots and kind of checked them out. He's not going there. He's staying with the Buccaneers. I had said that I really wished he would, and and I'm glad. I think if you own playoff Lenny and, and fantasy football, you are in for another top 10 year. I think you are, and and you got to be excited about that. So I, I'm happy for him, I uh, and I think that is a great place for him to stay because he showed that he can not only be a good running back, but a good pass catching back, and that's what he will be for him. So, quick prediction: uh, Chiefs, Dolphins, head-to-head matchup. Who you got winning? Is it home game? <laughs> mm, it's at a neutral site. <laughs> a neutral site. I don't know. I, I mean, I Dolphins. I don't know. I, I truly don't know because I want to see what I want to see what Mike McDaniel's does with that offense before I, I say anything. Um, I well, want to see the tr- Tua progress a little bit more. Mm-hmm. The, the truth is what's really going to, what's really going to make, uh, make or break this team is Tua's play. You know, the ball is very mm-hmm. much in his court at this point in time. He's got all the weapons he needs around him. It seems like the team is focused on giving him pass protection. Um, it's just about whether or not he is able to perform the way people thought that he would before he came into the league. Yeah. Absolutely. So I, I, in Tua's, for all intents and purposes, he is, he is a QB two in, in Superflex leagues now. That he is, that is what he has evolved to because of who's around him. So, it, that in and of itself is pretty interesting. I'm a little upset personally because in one of my dynasty leagues, I've been trying to get Tua for the past month and a half, and the guy, he gets on once a week. He declines my trade. And then he says, I say, well, you know, I, I asked him, I said, are you interested in trading for two? And he's like, yeah, shoot me an offer. I shoot him an offer, declines it, doesn't send me anything. I message him, say, are you interested in trading two? It doesn't answer me. I send him another trade. And then this happens today. So I'm not getting to because I didn't. Want, yeah. I, I wasn't extremely interested in spending high on him. Now I can't afford him. And I don't I, I it, it, because of this trade alone. So it's interesting. It's interesting. And I I. I don't know who would win in a head-to-head matchup because your offense for the Chiefs is also going to change. Like the, it's going to. Tyreek's not there. What Juju's going to be there? What does that look like? Um, and and they they need some other wide receivers. I do think that. So um, it's going to be interesting. And I, I don't want to say uh, with with certainty which one it would be because yeah, they both you changed. Don't, a you lot. don't want to give Scotty's army any ammunition. <laughs> no, deal. I don't. I uh, this whole thing is just. It's it's scary for me. Um, <laughs> in other news, uh, Christian McCaffrey's restructured his contract with Carolina. 
think it's a good move for Carolina um, because they probably they they overpaid for him. So they needed to restructure his contract to get a little bit more cap space, but uh, they they paid a shit ton of money for a running back that hasn't played for them in two seasons, and that's a problem for them. So yeah. they've they've also showed interest in Kenny Pickett. Um, you, do you like that, or do you not like that? I do like it. I think Kenny Pickett's going to do well in the NFL, um, even despite, despite the his, fact that he's yeah, despite his tiny hands. Yeah, he's we got little baby hands. Yeah. Well, I I also would like to know because like. I think his hand size is probably like like I don't think they look small. They pro- it's probably regular hand size, but it's just for NFL quarterback. Like he's got he'll have the smallest hands in, as uh, in the NFL as a quarterback. But NFL quarterbacks are all like six foot five, two hundred and fifty pounds. So you got to imagine most of their hands are huge and like way way uh, I, above average. What I want to know, I'm going to measure my sister's hands and we'll see if she has bigger hands than Kenny Pickett because I think this is something we need to know. Yeah, I, I think I'd be interested in knowing that as well. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. We'll, we'll see how Kenny Pickett performs. Um, you know, Carolina's showing interest in him. It, it's no secret that he's kind of a sought after quarterback in this draft. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, Carolina needs to do something with their quarterbacks. And uh, Baker said that he didn't. <laughs> Baker Mayfield uh, said that he did not want to go to Carolina, and Carolina did not want him either. So it was a mutual get fucked situation for the both of them. Um, and I don't hate that. I said from the beginning, I, I think that Baker, I, I don't know why, I just got a little tingle that he's going to Seattle. We will see. Um, that is me giving you a bullet for your army. So hopefully Perfect. you don't have to shoot me with it. Um, <laughs> but I uh, I also forgot about this because everything has been so crazy um, in these last, you know, this last week has been freaking nuts for the NFL that Jimmy Garoppolo is still with the 49ers. He still has yeah. not been traded. Um, and so that I, I, I want to point that out because 49ers, like at the very end of the year before anything had happened, said, yeah, we're going to look at getting rid of him. So what are they going to? What teams? Because most teams are starting to fill up that quarterback spot. Is he going to end up staying with the 49ers or will he get traded? Is Carolina a landing spot? And they get him and Kenny Pickett. Have Jimmy G show Ken- maybe Jimmy G's this, just the guy who teaches all the freshman <laughs> quarterbacks how to play. Um, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, last piece of news we have this week is Jameis says that his ACL won't be a problem for training camp. God, I hope not. Yeah, because Laser they- Jameis is too fun <laughs> to sit on the bench. The Saints, well, the Saints must think that as well because obviously they didn't. They did. They were pursuing uh, the Deshaun Watson move, uh, but after that didn't go their way, they re-signed Jameis. Um, yep. And I don't think they would have done that if there were serious concerns that they were going to have to hand the ball off to uh, what's his name, um, Taysom the other, Hill. The other, yeah, Taysom Hill. Yeah, uh, if, if they were going to have to rely on him to be their uh, starting quarterback for the entire season, I don't think that they would be uh, interested in keeping Jameis. So they must be confident in that. Uh, but we'll see. Time will tell. Time will tell. We've got a new segment today, guys. It is Young Guzzy's Arguments. So, if you don't know, Young Guzzy is our NFT pigeon that we bought from Pigeon Loft. We still don't know what an NFT is. We still don't know what to do with Young Guzzy, but we gave him a segment. So, let's jump in. That's our. That's the drop for Young Guzzy. <laughs> that was just terrible. <laughs> Yeah, I got to work on the sounders. That was not. That was that probably sa- one that of That sounded like someone <laughs> swallowed a microphone. <laughs> All right, if you find me a better pigeon sound, 
Um, we will. What about uh, here? Let me try and make one. Yeah, go. That's pretty good, actually. That was damn good. Maybe I was on Animal be... Planet, so I'm that pretty was good at animal noises. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe this should just be an ASMR podcast because that was pretty dang good. Uh, okay, so Young Guzzy's argument for the week, Scott Del Rey. Would you rather have Aaron Jones or AJ Dillon as a running back? That was it. That was a question. I, I don't know why I opened it up like that. I should have just finished it as a question. Hmm. I don't know. What do you think? I I think I'd rather have AJ Dillon. I, I do. Um we got into, I won't call it an argument, a conversation amongst friends about Aaron Jones or AJ Dillon. And so I I did some homework because I I said AJ Dillon, a lot of people said Aaron Jones. I don't think either's a bad answer because without Devontae Adams there, I think no matter what, Green Bay is going to have to utilize them more. They don't have a, I mean, who do they have at receiver? That's that's a question. They lost Devontae Adams and he was their receiver. MVS is going to look at other places. So is Alan Lazard going to be their wide receiver one? They're going to have to figure something out. And I think that's in their run game. I think that's in their run game, and I think that's in their pass-catching game. So, um, Or the run-catching game. I don't know how you'd word that. So I got some stats here for you that I think are pretty interesting. Aaron Jones finished his running back number 11 this year, uh, and he is 27 years old. And A.J. Dillon finished at RB23 and is also 23 years old. Now that is spooky. Um, okay, so getting deep into the stats here. There was 358 rushing attempts between the both of these gentlemen. Aaron Jones had 171 of those, which is about 48% of the rushing attempts for a total of 799 rushing yards and four touchdowns. Granted, Aaron Jones got hurt and he only played 15 games. So, A.J. Dillon, he had 52% of the rushing attempts for a total of 803 yards and five touchdowns, okay? There's more to the story. There was 102 pass attempts to these running backs between the both of them. Aaron Jones had a running back target share of 64% of the completed catches for 391 yards and six touchdowns. Oh, my gosh. A.J. Dillon had 34 catches for a running back target share of 36% 36 of completed catches. He caught 313 yards and two touchdowns. So when you break that down, Aaron Jones had 7.9 yards a catch, and A.J. Dillon had 9.2. I think – I mean, you you break those stats down. I think I'm leaning A.J. Dillon on this because he's younger. He's younger. He – did more as far as receiving is concerned um, and with less with less targets with less catches I mean he his average was better he's younger he had more of the running percentage like I said Aaron Jones is hurt but I think that's part of the problem I think and I think that he's going to get hurt and if they're going to utilize the run and the check down to the run as much as a lot of people are speculating Aaron Jones I think is going to get hurt again so if I had to pick in a redraft, I think I'm taking A.J. Dillon. 
Yeah, honestly, with the committee situation the way that it is, neither of them are really appealing options um, because there's so much uncertainty there. Um, you know, both of them are fantasy relevant, but at any given point, you know, one fumble and they're out for the game, you know, uh, because they have two two solid running back options within the team. Um, so I think the best bet is to choose uh, if you're talking redraft, I'm taking I'm taking Aaron Jones uh, because so long as he is healthy, he is going to see the field more often. Um, I'm however, worried about his health. Well, and that's that's obviously a big factor, but we can't predict the future on that front. So you have to go with what we know, which is as of right now, uh, it, the the Packers have have chosen him to be the starter, uh, and he sees the field more often. However, if you're talking dynasty, I think there's a legitimate argument to be made that okay, you know, Aaron Jones has a real chance to get injured. You know, he's already he's he's developing an injury history, um, and on top of that, he's older, so he's probably going to have less long term value. I could definitely see the argument for AJ Dillon. Um, I wouldn't be that excited about getting either of these gentlemen after we've seen, you know, what has played out on the field simply because you can't trust either of them. Like I said, one fumble, one injury, and that changes everything. Yeah, no, I I think I'm not looking for either of these as an RB1. Right. I'm looking at them as an RB2 with upside. And I still think even in a redraft league, I think I would take AJ Dillon because, he did have more. Uh, I mean, he had 52% of the rushing attempts, and Aaron Jones right. had with, 48. With the injury, Granted, he though. played so, two more games. Yeah. Right. But I, that's what worries me. And and if, you know, Aaron Jones had 171 rushing attempts this year, if they bump that up to 200, what's his durability look like? And that's that's a concern for me. So um, I think A.J. Dillon, I think, is who I would take. But um that's what we have for Young Guzzi's argumentative stats of the week. We got to come up with a new title now, for that. That was a mouthful. Yeah, I just wanted to incorporate Young Guzzi because I don't know what to do with him. And I feel like he just sits there all sad and alone. And uh, we said we'd integrate him into the podcast. So we'll find out a different name for it. But um, I do want to give a shout out before our next segment here um, to a very good friend of ours. He uh, he is a uh, a stat guy. And has provided us with some with some uh, things to talk about here that I think are very very interesting. So let's just let's get into it. <laughs> it's our boy Yeti, and that was Yeti. <laughs> it sounded like a French Look, bulldog. <laughs> I couldn't find any Yeti sounds on such short notice. I'm having a day today with the audio plugs, but. <laughs> Uh, we'll call it Yeti's titties for tidbits. Um, <laughs> yeah, I like that. That's that's much better than Young Guzzi's argumentative stats. <laughs> yeah, Yeti's titties for his tidbits. So um, he gave us a lot of stats here. Do you do you want to start with with uh, Yeti's titties? I don't know. He, he gave us a lot of information here, so I don't know if there's a, a smooth way to go about uh, uh, to go about this. But uh, he wanted to start out with uh, with some stats with uh, with KC, and specifically in reference to the you know the Tyree trade and how this is going to impact this organization. In 2021, Tyree Kill had 26% of target shares, 25% of red zone targets, and both of those led the Chiefs' offense last year. So who is going to replace those numbers? Is it reasonable to think that Juju is going to step into that role? Is Michael Hardman? Um, you know, going to step into a, a more prominent role in the offense. Is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire going to be, you know, a, a you know, an RB one no-brainer this year because it looks like he is going to be the no. guy. 
Well, I, <laughs> no. know, I know your no. thoughts on that. Well, the only returning wide receiver from last no. year is Hardman. Um, and, and as we already mentioned, I think that there's an opportunity for Hardman here to be utilized as that sort of um, that specialty receiver, specifically, if anything, to, to be used as a decoy. Like I said, because he is going to be able to outrun uh, most defenses that he uh, that he plays against. Um, and he just hasn't really been given that opportunity because they had Tyree Kill. You know, Miko Hardman has a lot of the same skill set as Tyree Kill, and so he was kind of overshadowed. Um, and now I think is his time to break out. Um, they did lose Daryl Williams, me, obviously. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I, I, I we're going to play a game here. Who would you rather draft first in a redraft league, Juju or Hill? Mm, that's tough because they both have a lot of weapons around them. It's it's. Uh, it, who, who would you rather have? Um, in a redraft league, who are you taking? See, I'm a little bit biased on this because. Every league I've ever played in, I've tried to get Tyreek Hill, and I've never succeeded. <laughs> so if I if the opportunity well, comes to me he's, where he's I can right get him, <laughs> if I get him at a reasonable position, I think I would take Tyreek Hill. Though I'm not confident that's the best choice. But just for my own, just to say, I finally got Tyreek Hill on my team. I probably would choose him. He's going to be you know, like I, a free agent in like five years, <laughs> and then you're just going to go ahead and draft him. He'll he won't play at all, but he'll be on your bench. <laughs> yeah, he's going to. Yeah. No, I uh. uh I think Tyreek Hill is is undoubtedly the better receiver. The question is the situation. Um, as of right now, without them picking up another receiver, uh, all Juju's competition is uh, is Travis Kelsey and Michael Hartman. Um, and so I think Juju is likely to get a higher target share than Tyreek Hill is with the Dolphins. And you have to add in the uncertainty of Tua. Um, so I I... I I don't know. That's a tough one. Gotta, I think you I would. Pick. You got to pick. All right. I'll, I would take Tyreek. But if you take Tyreek and it does not pan out as well as Juju, <laughs> uh, it is not my fault. I think I would take Juju. Yeah. I think I would at this moment. I think that's it's tough, right? Because you know what Tyreek's capable of. But you're also in an offense that is full of unpredictability. Um, and that that is why I think I'm going to take Juju because we know what Patrick Mahomes is going to do to for his receivers, and he needs somebody like like a Hill. And I think while Juju is not a Tyreek Hill, he is going to be the best next option for the Chiefs. So I, I think that um, I think honestly, and that sucks to say because like, it just sounds wrong, but I think I'd rather have Juju. That's tough though. Yeah, you also have to consider Tyreek Hill was healthy for the vast majority of his career thus far, where Juju has had several injuries now. This is um, true. So it's all about durability as well. So you have to add that in. So I, I, it's it's tough to say, but I do think Juju is in, as of right now, with the way the Chiefs offense is structured, he is in the better situation because he's got fewer competition for those targets. Uh, but undoubtedly, Tyreek Hill is the better receiver. Yes, yes. Um, other part of Yeti's titties, is uh, he gave us some stats about Miami because of the trade today. Um, I I have said this before, and I want to reiterate for all of our new listeners, I like Mike McDaniel as a coach, um, and I think that was a very fun move for the Dolphins and a very fun move for that offense because I think he's got a lot more to play with than he did with the 49ers, and, uh, and they're making a lot of the right moves. They improved their offensive line, which I think was was – they needed to. They they needed to. You talked about it a little bit earlier. Armstead uh, coming there and, and becoming. Um, I mean, he's one of the best offensive linemen in the league. So they they needed that, um, and that's going to help Tua. 
be able to throw more, as I said, and because his average release time was the third fastest in the NFL last year. Well, and that he was always dumping it off. And, scared that he's gonna get, <laughs> he was, it, it's it's that, easy that to, it's easy to have a fast release time when you're throwing five yards. Uh, your release time is going to be he significantly. Had... Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's fine. If you want to interrupt me, I'll just sit here quietly <laughs> and and bitch about it. No, Tua, he uh, he. So when, when you're throwing the ball forty yards downfield, twenty yards, twenty nine, but twenty nine total. Twenty nine total attempts beyond twenty yards. Jesus, he didn't yeah, have anyone to throw it to. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> no. Well, kind of, but <laughs> I, I think it's because he's fucking scared because his offensive line sucked. So them upgrading their offensive line, I think, was a really good idea. Um, and so their O-line is is hugely, vastly improved, and I think that is where we are going to see the offense get better because he will have more time. Not only that, but they went and got some other pieces as well. Um, they got Chase Edmonds, uh, who was my running back for – the Cardinals and he is left, which I wish him the best. Uh, they went and got Raheem Mostert. So I think that's going to be really interesting for the run game because both of those guys, um, they're not bad running backs. So, and then you have Hill Waddle and I'm, I'm optimistic with Kasiki. Um, and so, I mean that, and then it's just, it, that, that offense is pretty loaded. So, it, well, and I, it's uh, a dynamic offense. It's interesting because, you know, in today's NFL, you know, and this has been the case for several years now, but you have offenses moving toward that, you know, spread West Coast look. Um, and this is the perfect embodiment of that, where they've got so much yes. speed and they've got so much uh, just skill position talent um, that there's a chance these guys are, are crazy. I, th- I think if Tua is going to have a breakout year, he is in the perfect position to do so right now. A hundred percent. And I think this is a huge year for him because if he can't get the job done, they are in a situation right now where they need to find somebody who will get the job done. So I think it's a big year for Tua too. Um, Do you think Tyreek Hill will be the next Debo in McDaniel's offense? Um, I think Tyreek Hill is going to be their wide receiver one for sure. Um, The question is, you know, they, they're definitely going to scheme to get him the ball, the same way the Chiefs did. Uh, you, you have the fastest player in the NFL on your side. You have to be able to get him the ball in space. So that means screens. Uh, you know, that means uh, that means rub routes, these sorts of things that allow him to get the ball and make moves. But you have to counter that with his ability to run off defenders, which is unmatched. Um, so he can clear the box better than anybody else in in the league. Um, so I think you're going to see a healthy mix of those things where they're running they're running you know tricky plays in order to get him the ball in space with untraditional routes, but you also have him sprinting down the sideline or sprinting a, a you know a long post route to run off the safeties and the linebackers um, just because that's going to clear up space for everybody else and they've got tons of other weapons you know if, if you're throwing to waddle in space because Tyree Kill is running the defense off that also puts you in a great position so they've got a ton this, this is going to be the the vintage Oregon Ducks style offense this year uh, where you have just speed and talent and you are going to do trick plays and it's it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I think it is. I, I think it is. Um, you mentioned Waddle, and I wanted to t- touch on that just a little bit because I was super high on Waddle going into this. Um, and then this news happened. I uh, I own Waddle in, in a dynasty league, and I it was sad. It was sad to see this news because Waddle was going to be the guy. And now Waddle 
is not. <laughs> well, and not I, to I say just, that he's not going to have value. Yeah, because I do I, think he's going to be he very relevant. But he is now going to be in an even more timeshare where it's it's not. We need to get our playmaker the ball because we have a lot of playmakers to get the mm-hmm. ball. Well, he just he dropped from a wide receiver one to a wide receiver two. Um, is the bottom line. Uh, he's still going to have tons of value, and who knows? You know, maybe maybe they're going to utilize him in a Debo Samuel type way because he is a playmaker. Um, and so they might mm-hmm. they might utilize Tyreek Hill to be the primary guy where defenses are going to line up on him. They're going to key on him. They're going to run run off the ball um, in an effort just to get Waddle you know, a chance to, to touch the ball and make moves in an open space. Um, so, you know, there's no reason to believe that all of these players aren't going to have a ton of value, but you know, like you said, when they're all on one offense, you know, it, it's, it limits the value that they can have. When was the last time we have timed Tyree kill running? He's 28 uh, years old. He could be slow as shit. Now we don't know. <laughs> I'm just, I just well, want to throw that out there. We don't know. He could be slow as shit. now. <laughs> Yeah, I don't he think that that's true. I'm sure he's slower. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. He he's, had a lot of room we, to get slower before he was slow as shit. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's all we have time for for Yeti's titties. Yeti, love your titties, brother. Thank you for uh, for giving us some internal deets here. So we'll work on the sound drop for you. Um, <laughs> are, we, are we doing – do we have some smoke show stuff to cover? Well, yeah, I just figured it might be a it might not be a bad idea for us to give a quick update if you want to use okay. the drop. Of course, I want to use the drop. It's time! All right, so as uh, all of you likely know by now, the Smoke Show Showdown is a March Madness style bracket where we rate the wives and fiancés of NFL players. We have moved all the way through the bracket. And we have made it to the championship. And the final two were Justin Poyer's uh, sexy wife, uh, Rachel Chef's Bush. Kiss. Or, yeah, Rachel Bush. Yes. Rachel and then, Bush. Um, hold on, let me get these glasses on right quick. Yeah, get your glasses on. We're doing DJ and shit. I still don't know where they were, but I just came in today and they were on my desk. So Franny found them somewhere, or my wife found them. <laughs> Um, and then, uh, we also have Baker Mayfield's wife taking up the, uh, the dime or winning out the dimes division. So it's between these two ladies. We posted a poll, um, what was it? Two days ago now. And the poll runs for seven days. So if you haven't voted, get in there and share your perspective. But as of right now, Rachel Bush is leading the pack with 65% of the vote. Uh, and I can't imagine this is a surprise, um, for all the people who voted for Baker Mayfield's wife, um, I'd love to talk to him. I'd love to just sit down and get their okay. reasoning here. Okay, what do you want to talk about? Well, you voted for her over <laughs> over Rachel Bush. I did. Oh my god! I did. I voted. I'm. I. I voted for Emily Wilkinson. And I voted. That's for her. just crazy. No. Well. <laughs> no, it's not because you. I, it's not crazy. <laughs> Here's the thing that went through my mind. Both of these women are beautiful. They are both stunning women. Otherwise, they would not have made it to the final round. However, I looked at both these women and I thought, which one would I rather fornicate with? They both checked that <laughs> box. <laughs> and then I thought, which one would I want to get married to? The girl who is always posting nude on her Instagram. She's not nude, but she's looking a little scandy 
or the wholesome girl that I would want to take to meet my family for Thanksgiving. That's what went through my mind. So I don't want to sell our listeners. I want them to deduct, make their own deductive reasoning and, and figure out the choices for themselves. But that was my thought when I looked at this. I don't want to deal with the stress of everyone calling my wife hot all the time and her posting her titties online. Um, here's the thing. The Eddie's titties. Here's the, here's the thing. Um, all that makes perfect sense. And if we were talking about two sevens, I'm all on board. Um, however, there are certain women that you put up with that for because they have achieved a level of hotness that almost nobody else on earth has ever achieved. Uh, people like Mia Khalifa, I'd marry Mia Khalifa, despite the fact that all my buddies could just get on the internet. Oh, no. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. I wouldn't even think twice. I would embrace it. I'd be your agent. I'd be sharing them all over. Every time I saw something scroll across my social media, retweet. No. Retweet. No. No doubt about it. No. I'm out. I'm out. I I had that all went through my head, and I, I thought about it. I sat there, and I looked at the poll. And it took me two or three minutes. I looked at all the pictures. I tried to get some background information based on the, <laughs> on the pictures. And then I was like, you know what? I bo- I look at both of them as very attractive women. I, I, I they're both tens. They have to. Well, we yeah, have to obviously. put them at tens. Yes, for if sure. If they made the fine the the finals, like they're both tens. Um, and so I needed something to differentiate, and that's what I went with. So. Um, <laughs> I'm going to stop talking about this, but I want our listeners to go take a look, go vote, and then give us your opinion. Tell us what you think, because that's what I think. But yeah, I want to hear what our listeners have to think. Well, that's certainly true. And th- there are a couple things I'd like to add here. Number one, I felt um, overcome with guilt when I was putting the poll together. <laughs> um because Emily Wilkinson has her Twitter on private. Oh. So so it's like she doesn't want all of this attention. She's got like 30,000 followers or something crazy, but oh. she she put her Twitter on private, which tells me that you know, in her heart she doesn't really want this exact situation to come about. Where, where that people, makes that makes me like her even more. That makes yeah, me no, glad that I voted for her even more. I I think that's a good quality, but I feel guilty that that we did it anyway. We should. You shouldn't have said that. You, should, you shouldn't have told everyone because I, I have feel to. A little I have to confess my sins because I didn't realize that it was on private <laughs> when we started this, and so I didn't realize she was actively pursuing a private life. Um, oh. But we we definitely threw a grenade you, into that plan. You can't. You can't expect a private life when you are married to an NFL quarterback. You can. You can strive. For for privacy, but you're married to one of 32 people whose lives are scrutinized by thousands of people on a daily basis. It's funny so. that you say that because that's a very similar argument that I would make uh, for marrying Rachel Bush. You know, yeah, you, no, that's fine. <laughs> you're choosing that, and you understand that it's all public, and everyone everyone sees everything. And she makes her money by posting her titties everywhere. And you know what? Worth it. Yeah, hundred percent. What does it. Emily? What does Emily Wilkinson do? She has her account on private because she wants her titties to be personal. He's <laughs> for Baker, and I like that. Yeah, so I, guess. I picked Emily. All I right. mean, I, I'd pick Emily over a lot, but not o- not over not over Rachel Bush. She is the well, pinnacle right now. Of Rachel Bush is humanity. Winning. So right. unless I feel vindicated, unless I have 
advocated strongly for Emily, <laughs> uh, Rachel's probably going to win. So Yeah, right. for sure. Um, go vote. Go check us out on Twitter. Go look at the thread. Give us your opinions. Hashtag go Emily. All right, let's get into the questions. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. Kick us off, Scotty Del Rey. First of all, what do you, yay or nay on me wearing my glasses like this forever? You look like a blind man who has um, aviators that are um, prescription. Yeah, well, <laughs> I don't know that that makes sense, but blind men don't need prescription glasses. It, does, I if, heard. it does for our YouTube. I got the hiccups. This whiskey got me the hiccups. Um, what's our first question? <laughs> <laughs> All right. First question is from Anonymous, which is very spooky. He asks, in a 12-team Superflex, three-wide receiver league, are you taking Jamar Chase or CD and Juju? Um, first and foremost, I would just like to point out that he did just ask that his name remain anonymous. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh. That's why I put that there. His name wasn't actually anonymous. Um... Although I bet it's Jerry. This is going to be well. It's going to be very confusing if somebody's name is actually anonymous online now. Well, I but think that was not. the impact that that has on the content we're providing is pretty much uh, zero. No, I think there's a lot of implications <laughs> there. We could get hacked. Uh, okay, so Jamar Chase or CD and Juju. Why don't you take this one? What do you, what do you want to do, Matt? I'm taking CD and Juju. Um, Are you? I think both of these wide receivers have chance ch- a chance to have a great, great season. And, of course, Jamar Chase is phenomenal. Jamar Chase is the man, uh, the rookie wide receiver of the year. Um, but the position that C.D. Lamb is in and the position that Juju are in uh, or is in right now um, is the best that they're going to get. And so I think picking up both of them, you have a chance to have two top-tier wide receivers versus Jamar Chase, who is you know pretty likely also going to be a top-tier wide receiver. Um, but you got the chance to get two of them. I I think I agree. I think that is that is what I would do. I'm not super excited about CD. Um, but the fact that Tyreek Hill left today, I think when this user submitted this question, that hadn't happened yet. So oh. that, I think that that really, that is what changed it for me and, and solidified my decision to choose CD and Juju in this one. So I think yes, I would definitely. Agree with you. Yeah, the Tyreek Tyreek news makes a huge difference with this question. I didn't realize that it was it was prior yeah, to that. Yeah, then... when we first read it, I I didn't realize that either, and that it dawned on me. So well, it's, I, I it's, think I agree. It probably stands to reason that Mister Anonymous probably doesn't have this trade offer available to him anymore after the news from today. Probably not, unless he already did it and just wanted to see what the thoughts were. But it panned out for him if that was the case, and he chose the CD side. Yeah. Uh, next question comes from Aaron Davis, and this is a whopper. If you were the Seattle front office right now, <laughs> would you want Baker Mayfield or Colin Kaepernick to be your new quarterback? This is a huge can of worms that Aaron Davis did not know that he just opened. Um, I do want to give a shout-out to Aaron Davis. He is a uh, a great brainiac. He is someone who's always active on our Twitter account. Love you, Aaron Davis. Thank you for the question. Um, as far as answering your question, I, I'm taking Baker Mayfield. I, I'm taking Baker Mayfield. Um, 
for a few reasons, and I think my reasons will probably differ from Scotty's, but I, I'm taking Baker Mayfield because he's been in the league for a while. He, uh, We've seen what he's capable of doing. Colin Kaepernick's a big old question mark. He says he's ready to go, and he's he's scrambled around making throws and trying to trying to – you know, I think him and Tyler Lockett went through the ball. That doesn't mean shit to me because when you have a 250 pound linebacker sprinting at you, that's when I, you know, that's when I'm really going to see where you, where you're made of. And we haven't seen that from Colin Kaepernick in a long time. Baker Mayfield is not a great quarterback, but I think, as I've said before, that little tingly feeling in my stomach, I think Baker Mayfield ends up with Seattle and Lord praying for if that did happen for Seattle fans, that Baker Mayfield's arm and his shoulders all healed, and he can throw the ball decently well. That's what that's the best hope that you get out of that because you have Tyler Lockett, you have DK Metcalf, um, Rashad Penny's coming back. You know you have Carson back there. What's the backfield going to look like? That team is not bad offensively, and I think I'd rather have Baker Mayfield commanding it because he's been doing it the most recently. So I think that's who I'm taking. And not only that, but Colin Kaepernick, as I'm sure you will you will dive into much more than myself, but there's a lot of baggage there that I don't think I would want. Uh, yeah, that's an understatement. Uh, this is not even a question. Uh, Baker Mayfield times up a million. Uh, number one, because Colin Kaepernick is a 34-year-old backup quarterback who the last time he was in the league, he lost his starting job to Blaine Gabbert. Uh, he is not a good quarterback and he wasn't a good quarterback five years ago. He's certainly not a good quarterback now at 34 years old. Um, on top of that, as you mentioned, the baggage is a big, big deal. This is a guy who just released a commercial comparing the NFL to the slave trade. And now all of a sudden he'd like to jump right back into the slave trade. Okay. He does not respect this league. He does not respect the organizations that may or may not bring him on board. There's no question. If you bring on Colin Kaepernick and he performs, then great. But what happens when he stops performing? What happens when you bench him? You got to deal with all of the, the 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 likelihood that he is going to level accusations against your front office because he's not getting the playing time that he wants is basically guaranteed because he's demonstrated that he is willing to throw everyone under the bus. You know, this is a guy, I don't even think he really wants to play in the NFL. I really don't. Because there are several teams just last offseason that offered private workouts for him, just for him to show. And they're only doing that to, to placate to the, to the mob that follows him around and accuses everybody of racism when they don't like him. And... Colin Kaepernick uh, declined to participate in the private workouts specifically being held for him. He has no interest in playing in the NFL. He's found a new career uh, doing what he does now, talking about social justice and think what you want about all that. But as, a, as an NFL quarterback, he is not even an option right now. He should not be because, first of all, again, he's old. He's not a good player. He had one or two good seasons and declined significantly while he was still in his prime. And now he's much older out of practice, and uh, not not a good option in any way, shape, or form. Baker Mayfield comes with his own baggage, but at least he's a current player who has shown that he still has a lot of talent, and he's only 27 years old. He's still got time left. I agree. What amazed me the most about Colin Kaepernick is how he fit into a helmet. His hair was, like, it was huge. It was awesome looking. And then I'm like, there's no way. Like, how does he put a helmet on? So that was – I was very impressed by that. Um but everything you said, I think, holds value, and, and that is why I would take Baker Mayfield as well. So, Aaron, right. thank you for the question, brother. We appreciate thank you. Thank you, Aaron. Yes. Next question is from Substantial Policy 378. I like that name. 
It's unique. Um, I do have to say, this is, I believe this is Dilly Wavis. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, he's undercover right now. So I, I, I'm fairly confident this is our boy Dilly Wavis. Why does he One feel the our, need to be undercover? I think his account got hacked. <laughs> I believe so. Yeah, I believe if memory serves, this is Dilly Wavis. And if so, love you, Dilly. You're the man. All right. Well, Dilly Wavis, in secret, <laughs> asks, are you taking JT or CD in a 101? That is tough. For context, uh, Mr. Wavis has JT, uh, Javante, Gibson, and Josh Jacobs. His notable wide receivers are, are Justin Jefferson and DJ Moore. You're solid with Justin Jefferson. DJ Moore, they need a quarterback, man, and that's tough. Uh, oh, my gosh. This is this is hard because I think I want to know if this is a super flex league, and, and you may or may not have, have told me this, so I'm, I'm, I'm unsure on that. If it's a super flex league, I think I would go CD in the 101 because you that 101 holds a lot of value. A lot more value in a super flex league and cd you know this is make or break for cd lamb i'm not high on cd lamb however uh he you know he's he's he should be their wide receiver one this year amari cooper's gone he went to the browns that should be cd's that should be cd's role but i, I don't know if it will be i think it will be i hope it will be for cd owners but he wasn't super effective this last year in an offense where he should have been. So there was mouths to feed. I could see that argument, but he just didn't command the, the targets and the, and the fantasy value that I had. I think many had hoped for. So hopefully with Cooper's departure, that changes. And that 101, you might be able to flip that for, you know, you hope you win the lottery and you get a good RB, RB1. The thing that we know about running backs is this. The running backs have a shorter shelf life than receivers. That's just the way it works in the NFL. John Taylor is undisputedly the number one running back in the league right now, right behind or right in front of Derrick Henry. Um, and, and so that's tough because you're giving away what you, you know is a surefire talent. But you need, you need wide receivers, my friend, and, and especially, I don't know if there's a wide, how many wide receivers you start every week, but if it's three, then yeah, you desperately need another receiver. I think I would do CD Lamb in the 101. Um, but I would maybe see if you can squeeze the orange for a little bit more juice and get just a little bit more for JT there. Yeah, I, I do think the CD the CD side is the way to go, though. Um, I really do. Because you think what you want about CD Lamb and how he performed this previous season. As we've mentioned many times, and I'll continue to harp on it, situation matters more than skill. He is in a position to 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 command the vast majority of targets in this offense from Dak Prescott, who is one of the best quarterbacks playing right now. Um, Dak Prescott had kind of an underwhelming year this last year, um, so there's uh, you know there is some concern there, but there's also a chance that Dak Prescott comes back firing on all cylinders, and C.D. Lamb is the beneficiary uh, beneficiary of that. I think C.D. Lamb will be a top ten wide receiver this upcoming year. I, I've I've seen murmurs that there's certainly a chance. Um... We'll see. I don't want. I don't want him to. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's I don't bullet. want him to. Be, 
Well, no, because I'm already. I know I'm going to take a bullet for it. I don't know if we discussed that in Scotty's Army uh, last episode, but I know I'm going to take a bullet for that one. I know I am because I, I truth. You're probably right, and that's when I said that it was before Amari Cooper left. <laughs> so I don't know if maybe it, the bullet just skims me instead of 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 hits me for a good mark. We, but, my um, my army has been trained to go for only kill shots. Unless they What's think they can shoot, if they can shoot to wound. His name's Marcus. He's a he's a he's a uh, sharpshooter. Yeah, Marcus <laughs> shoots to wound so that when your friends come to help, he gets all the kills. Um, mm. He is a uh, he's lethal. Um, so yeah, we're definitely coming for your ass. Yeah, that's that's just lovely. Um, <laughs> okay, so yeah, I think I would do CD in the one hundred and one, and maybe I don't know what this other person has, Dilly, but. Um, maybe see if you could do something else, you know, whether you have to pair JT with, um, a roster filler to get something else or whatnot, but I think you might be able to squeeze JT for just a little more than that. Mm. And that's my thought. Solid thought. Next question comes from that man, a Ron seven. He is in a PPR one quarterback league. Are you taking Joe Burrow or Mike Carter and Russ Wilson? Before I answer this question, I did also want to acknowledge, you remember how we, t- we had the turkey sandwich conversation last episode? Yeah. That listener, uh, he did reach back out to me, and he, mm. in fact, um, it was a pun because I believe he is from Germany, and they do not eat turkey sandwiches over there. Oh. How, I believe that was what he'd said. However, he did state that when he does, it is with both mayo and mustard. Oh, my guy. That's a solid, so, uh, solid choice. Uh, I he's... I wonder, does he put sauerkraut on his turkey sandwiches, you think? I don't know. I if love it, sauerkraut. I, Shit's hit fire. me up, um, turkey sandwich man. I think it was like 58 turkey sandwich routine. Yeah. If, he, uh, if he wants to talk to me in German, I, I took German in high school for like three years, so I can I can count. I can tell him I have to go to the bathroom. I can also tell I him I have a rabbit. I, I, I can tell him I have a rabbit in my pants. I learned how to say that, which is very useful. I... <laughs> <laughs> no, that is. Uh, we did that. So uh, when we were in high school, we, we, I took Spanish, you took German, and we had another friend who took French. And so we all learned how to say it. And I actually did use it this weekend. I was at a, a Mexican <laughs> restaurant, and the waiter, <laughs> oh god, <laughs> the waiter, he, uh, every time we'd say thank you, he was a great waiter. He's probably one of the greatest waiters I've ever had. Um, and he, uh, or like thank you, and he goes, I'm sorry. And he just stood there awkwardly. And then I was like, gracias. He goes, de nada, senor. And he like walked <laughs> off. And I was like, oh, he wants to stay gracias, right? So then he comes back. And I was like, all right, man, I'm going to see if I can if I can nail this. And I was like, tengo a con de homie pantalones. And he just started laughing hysterically. And he goes, uh, gigante or picaño? <laughs> Which means big or small. And... I started laughing hysterically. My parents had no freaking clue what was going on because they're like, "What in the hell is happening?" And then he just started laughing. He goes, ah, "I can't, I can't keep talking like this. I'm at work. <laughs> like it's all good, man." So it's pretty funny. Um, yeah, but I, I uh, use it this weekend. So. I last time I used it um, was we were still in high school, and um, the ger- the the class that we had when we were taking German was a class full of sh- of weirdos and misfits. It was a very strange collection of people, half of whom were the kind of kids that like watch anime and wear trench coats to school, and the other half were the ones who took German because they thought it'd be a stupid blow-off class. So the teacher 
that we had had a very difficult job. And uh, <laughs> when I asked her, because we were doing this with all of us, uh, when I asked her, can you teach me how to say I have a rabbit in my pants? She, of course, looked at me like I was a buffoon. But she eventually came around to thinking it was funny. But after school that day, it was snowy. And I went to the back of her car and I wrote it out in German on the back of her windshield. Uh, <laughs> and the next day when she came to work, uh, it was still there. Uh, so I don't know if she ever noticed it. She never mentioned it to me, but she definitely drove right around car? town. Um, I, th- I guess I think so. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Uh, but yeah, it's a very useful term. That yeah, it it definitely holds ground. Mine, my Spanish teacher did not teach it to me. I just looked it up in uh, in the book, and then I <laughs> raised my hand and I said it. And she said, "I had a Spanish name, I believe it was Jose." And she said, "Jose, do not say that again." I looked down. And I said, "Okay," but then I knew I said it right. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> All right. Then it stuck with me. Well, we should uh, probably anyway. get back to some football. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, no more rabbit talk. Okay. So are you taking Joe Burrow or Mike Carter and Russ Wilson? <laughs> I think I'm in a one quarterback league. Um, I think that depends on what else that man, A.A. Ron, has for running back because I like Mike Carter, but I, I'm leaning towards Joe Burrow here. Russell Wilson's a little bit older. He will have relevance, but Joe Burrow will have relevance for the long term. And that is why I think I'm going to take Joe Burrow. Yeah, I, th- I think you could be justified going either way on that one because Russ Wilson, you know, if he's going to have a year, this is the time. This is it. Uh, yeah, So this is. I can see it either way. Um, all right, question from Fighting Fire, 127. He is in a one-quarterback league. He's got Debo, Mike Evans, Lamb, Christian Kirk, and some young bench guys, which sounds like a, a sexy name for a group of uh, strippers. Um, <laughs> His name is Fighting Fire. Maybe they're all just like oh, uh, firemen, firemen strippers. strippers. Oh, yeah. shit. All right. I like it. But if he is a real fireman, um, <laughs> thank you for your service. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. If you're a stripper fireman, thank you for your service. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what to add to that, so I'm just going to move on. <laughs> um, is this trade worth it? Devontae Adams or C.D. Lamb in a 108? I would really like to know who he currently has for this. Um, it says that. He's got Debo, Mike Evans, Lamb, Christian Kirk, and some young bench guys. Oh, he guys. has Lamb. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was still thinking about him saving fires or killing fires. Um, I think you take C.D. Lamb in the 108, and I think you do that for youth purposes. I still like – I don't love Devontae Adams going to the Raiders. I don't love it, but I don't I, – I, I don't hate it either because of who Devontae is and what he's capable of doing. But the worry here is uh, I believe he's 28 or 29 years old. He did sign a five-year contract with the Raiders. So you hope that he stays in the league that long, but you also hope that he stays healthy that long because as you start getting up there, your body is not capable of doing the same things that it was when you were 23, 24 years old, which is right around the age that CD is at. And then you get a 108 and you should find relevance there. So I look at kind of CeeDee Lamb and Devontae Adams in the same light as far as fantasy football value, as far as what they're going to do on the field. I think Devontae will hopefully have a little bit more, but CeeDee Lamb will be doing it longer, I believe, and I think that's why I I would take that side. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Again, CeeDee Lamb, uh, real high on him right now, given his situation with Amari Cooper leaving. Um, Devontae Adams is Devontae Adams, but he is leaving the best situation he could be in to go to a worse situation. Granted, still going to be good, still going to be relevant, but I think you take the uh, the upside of C.D. Lamb plus the kicker of the 108 and the kicker of C.D. Lamb being younger. Um, I think you're right. That's, uh, that is the correct answer. 
Yeah. Um, I'll read the next one, and I want I want your opinion on this first. Dynasty Guy 11. Now that I think about it, this guy might be Dilly Wavis. Damn it. <laughs> one of these guys is Dilly Wavis. <laughs> Um, so substantial policy 378. If you are not Dilly Wavis and you are a substantial policy, thank you for your question. Wh- whoever the fuck Dilly Wavis is, <laughs> also thank you for your question. Uh, Dynasty Guy 11 asks one quarterback PPR 10 man league. Are you going to take Amon Raw Dog or 2023 first? Oh, and the 2023 first or CD Lamb? Hmm, I think I'm going to stick with CD Lamb. Um, I think he's got the best upside is the bottom line. And, and the question becomes, are you looking for the, the safer play or are you looking to be a league winner? And I think uh, CD Lamb is your best chance to uh, to have the explosive season necessary to move you to the top of your league. I think that's probably the right answer here. Um, I think DJ Shark going to the Lions was a mushroom stamp on the sun god's forehead. And... Uh, it definitely it, it hindered his his value. I think um, everyone's super high on him. He he was incredible. I mean, he won people fantasy football leagues this last year. That's what he did. But will he will it carry over? And that's what everybody wants to know. They went and got DJ Shark, and that DJ Shark is is the deep threat. Um, Jared Goff does not throw deep balls. So does that mean Amon Ra is still going to be relevant? What's the target share going to look like? I think CD Lamb's probably the play here. Yep, agreed. And we have our final question from a very good name. I like this. It's fun. Fup Cup. It is fun. Fup, fup Cup. <laughs> fup Cup. Yeah, I like it. Um, Sounds like a like a cuss word, like a swear word. You Fup Cup. Yeah, I don't know about all that. But it's good. I like it. Also, I do. I want to start calling people Muppets more. Yeah, I think I've heard you talk hilarious. about that before, and I I think it's weird. I think it's awesome. Wow. I think everyone should call each other Muppets. You got to start somewhere, Muppet. so you better it's, start doing it. Okay, every time you shoot me, I'll call you and <laughs> and your lieutenant a Muppet. No, you will not <laughs> insult Marcus. <laughs> That's rule number one right. of the army. <laughs> All right, Fup uh, Cup is in a dynasty superflex league. Are you taking Jerry Judy and Lenny F or Michael Thomas and James Conner? Hmm. I think I'm going to take Jerry Judy and play off Lenny. Um, that that is a oh man. Here's why. Here's why I look at it this way. James Conner was undisputedly a freaking stud for Kyler Murray, but Kyler Murray didn't have anyone else at that time. He had Christian Kirk, who eh, Hopkins was out, and. James Conner made some of the best catches I've ever seen by a running back. He was making one-handers, like, behind the back, some left-handed one-hand. He was doing some insane catches in multiple different games. He's got hands. He's going to be a very – you're glad that Chase Edmonds left because they signed James Conner, and that's what the Cardinals should have done. Michael Thomas has not played – what is it now? A year? Two years? It's been a while. Michael Thomas is a great wide receiver. He was great when he was playing, but he hasn't played recently. On top of all that, Jameis Winston is our quarterback. And right. don't don't get me wrong. I love me some laser Jameis. I do. But when you have Tom Brady and Russell Wilson in the backfield throwing the ball 
and handing the ball off to playoff Lenny. And then you have Russell Wilson throwing the ball to Jerry Judy. I think that's what you have to take that because that is, that is the safer option. And that is the option that will probably produce you more fantasy points. Mm -hmm. No, it's not not only that. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say Jerry Judy's also the youngest person on this list. And he could break out this year. Mm-hmm. He 100% could break out this year. And B, I'm not going to say he's a DK Metcalf because he's not 250 pounds and runs a 2440. <laughs> but, <laughs> but he's he could have that sort of relevance for fantasy football. He's not as big or as fast as DK, but he's he's certainly talented. He was at Alabama, and and I think this is the year where he could show that same relevance that he had with Alabama with the Broncos. So I, I think that's that's what I do here. Yep, yep, for sure. That's definitely the correct answer because, as you said, it's the safer option uh, because they're, they're, they're more likely to be um, extremely relevant, but it's also the higher upside option. And anytime you have the safe option and the higher upside option, you take it. Uh, Michael Mm -hmm. Thomas. So Michael Thomas is a great receiver. There's no doubt about it, but his prime years, he had one of the best quarterbacks of all time throwing him the ball. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. And so we have to take that into consideration because that tips the scales quite a bit. Uh, James Conner is going to do great this year. It's just not as good of a situation as getting Jerry Judy and, and, and playoff lighting. That's just the bottom line. That, yeah, absolutely. So I think that's that's the way you go there, Fup Cup, you bloody muff, Muppet. I almost called him a muffin, damn it. I got some work to do. <laughs> yeah, you'll have to work on that. Yeah. Um, that's it. That's all the questions, right? That is it. Cool, cool, cool. This is your first time listening. You are now a Brainiac. We give you the title of Brainiac, and we appreciate you tuning in. If you're a, a an avid listener of ours, we appreciate you coming back every week. Um, we love doing this, and we, and we love whether it be recruiting a lieutenant or trying to figure out who the hell Dilly Wavis is. We love you guys, and we appreciate you uh, you interacting with us. We, we enjoy doing this. So a um, couple things of note. As we mentioned earlier in the episode, we are doing the Smoke Show Showdown. Go check us out on Twitter. We are a lively, crazy bunch over there, um, and, we, and we have a lot of fun stuff going. So go vote on the Smoke Show Showdown. Give it a retweet. All you got to do is hit that retweet button because we want to see who the hottest one is. Um, and they win our our 2021 Smoke Show Showdown and will not be able to enter again next year. Also, we are giving away a free... Matt, do like a do a cool sounder for that. We're giving away a free... Thank you. A free Nico Collins signed football jersey. So if you own them on your Dynasty League or you're one of the 10 Texans fans out there, um, all you got to do is follow us on Twitter and go retweet our pinned tweet. We will follow you back. I promise you. Um, and go check us out on there because, like I said, we are, we are, we're asking questions all the time. We're interacting with people. We're having fun. Um, we're mourning for Tyreek Hill. There's, there's a lot going on. So go check us out on uh, at Leatherbrains with a Z um, on Twitter. Last thing, and probably the most important, is to make sure that uh, wherever you're listening to us at, whether it be on YouTube or uh, or on your favorite podcast app, you are clicking that subscribe button because you have no idea what it means to us as a small little rinky-dink podcast. It, it means the world to us. So, and, and tell your friends. Tell your friends to listen in. Um, we, we would love to have them join us. Send us questions, um, and, and we, will, we will answer them. So did I miss anything, Delray? Nope, that's it. And I am about to piss myself. So let's wrap this up. All right, then we are... 
Ow. <laughs>